When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today's episode is sponsored by Bear Attack Boxing. Buy boxers and four boxers. Producing high quality boxing gloves, boxing equipment, Muay kit boxing, all sorts of fantastic boxing products. And I just want to bring your attention to a new product which has been brought out by Bear Attack Boxing, which is the Checkerboard Boxing Gloves. They are available in 12 ounce and for the price of only £39. The new Checkerboard Gloves are the ideal training glove for a beginner or a seasoned pro. With the lightweight feel and wrist flexibility, you can freely fire your shots while still having the hand and wrist protection that you need. Whether it's training on the pads or it's on the heavy bag, Make sure you're training with checkerboard gloves. Go over and find them, bearattackboxing.co.uk. Find them on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Check out all the other available equipment that they produce. And again, you can find them, www.bearattackboxing.co.uk. Sean Bastow, shortly to be joined by Jordy Neald. And on today's episode, we're going to be reviewing the weekend's action, which featured Deontay Wilder versus Dominic Brazil, the World Boxing Super Series doubleheader, and Billy Joe Saunders looking to recapture a world title. So before we get into the episode, I just want to tell you guys to go over and find us on social media at BTR Boxing Pod and BTR Boxing Podcast, which is on Twitter and Facebook. Also, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, go and find us on Apple Podcasts, on Podbean, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM, Spotify. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us, let us know what you think about the podcast, let us know what you think about the episodes. Go and check out the mini-series that we've got, The Legendary Nights and The Ones to Watch. They're all on there, go and have a listen to them, let us know what you think. So let's get into it and let's talk about what happened over the weekend. Jordy, so what did you think of the weekend's action then? Fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, it was as good as it gets, really. You know, we had a bit of everything from 
Wilder's you know, ridiculous KO to an even more ridiculous KO up in Scotland with the new A and and you obviously had Josh Taylor becoming world champion and you know a little bit of a disappointing length in Stevenage but still yeah just a weekend that we all dream of in terms of being boxing fans and yeah it was it was, it was brilliant. Where do you want to start then? What what what's the ideal fight for you over the weekend to start with? I don't think there's anywhere else you can start over than a new A really is the. I mean it was probably the most ridiculous. You know, that wasn't the most ridiculous performance, but him just as a fighter is just ridiculous. You know, the guy's obviously fighting a bantamweight, and he's just, the power he's packing is just, you know, it's pretty much unprecedented. And, you know, I'm not really jumping on the train of what you've seen online as people saying, you know, he's the greatest fighter ever, or, you know, even pound for pound at the moment, but he's definitely creeping into the conversation. And, you know, to punch that hard at 117, 117, 118 pounds, it's just, it just defies the laws of physics, really. To be, to be honest with you, like we were both chatting about it uh, when we put the episode out at the end of last week, and we were both sort of saying we didn't really know how exactly this would go because we both agreed that Manny Rodriguez was a pretty qu- quality operator and a class operator. We actually thought he'd take a new way rounds, and I think we were both believing that as much as with what we'd seen out of a new way before, is he really going to be able to do this? to Manny Rodriguez and obviously the answer as we know is yes and did it in emphatic fashion and he's just he's, he's got blistering hand speed and he's so accurate with his punches and like you say you know the, the power he's packing for such a low weight is is unbelievable and the guy he's, he's everything that everyone's hyping him up to be at the moment and like he's got a little bit more of a way to go before we start sort of really saying he's one of the best that there is you know Oh, like the sort of Manny Pacquiao status. He's not at Manny Pacquiao status yet, anyway. Put it that way. If he starts moving through the weights and doing the same thing as Pacquiao yeah. did, then maybe I'll, there's, there's an argument for him there. But at the moment, he is looking like a phenomenal talent. Yeah, and just to, you know where he started. I think he he started down at like was it flyweight, or I think he jumped. He, he sort of went to superfly, and then you know he's just on his just on his way up and it's sort of you know as we say with Lomachenko we can only see Lomachenko getting beat as you know if he just goes up and gives too much away physically and it's sort of getting to that territory with the new age just nobody in and around that way can can live with his power and you know he's only five for five it's just it's just yeah, as I said, it's so surprising, like, the way he hits. And to be honest, I don't think... Obviously, I believe he's he's massively heavy-handed, that's evident, but I think it's about more than that. His time is just, it's just amazing. And the way he sets up his shots, and he's so patient. He took a few from Manny Rodriguez as well. I thought, he, he, you know, he, he wasn't you know, he wasn't perfect in, in his defence by any stretch of the imagination. He took a few shots, and he sort of shut them off. So that they, they, they didn't bother him, and, you know, we know from past fights with Butler and stuff, Manny Rodriguez can whack a little bit, so yeah, that, that impressed me a little bit as well, but as I said, he's, st- he's still definitely improving, he's got a lot, a long way to go, but it's just, you can't, you couldn't write him off against anyone because, you know, he's just got that, that freakish equaliser, just, just, you know, just lying in weight in his hands. You've got to feel sorry for Nanito Donaire now, given that he's the man that <laughs> anyway is going up against. And Donaire's, I don't think anybody's giving Donaire a chance, are they? No, I don't. Well, it's hard to give anyone a chance against Nui, really, isn't it? But, you know, Donaire's obviously a future Hall of Fame, and I think that's nailed on, regardless of the outcome against Nui. But, you know, he, he's got some, you know, brilliant power himself at that weight. He's, you know, a bona fide legend of the game. But it's just, it really, really looks like a. a I don't think passing of the guard's the right phrase, but you know it looks like someone on the way up against someone who's slightly on the way down, and you know I can't see anything but in the new way knockout. But you know 
boxing's a crazy thing. People get people get complacent, and you know, if if you're going to be complacent, you don't want to be in the ring with Nani Tildenir. That's for sure. But you know, I think a new age, a laser focused person, he looks like he's you know destined for these great things that we're all hoping for. And it's just so good to be getting excited about you know about enough and coming boxing. Just you know, the conveyor belt just keeps coming and bringing these and bringing these amazing talents. Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. This guy Anue is is definitely a force to be reckoned with, and I can't see anything but him beating Nonito Donaire. And if he beats him in emphatic fashion, the way he's just dispatched of Manny Rodriguez, which a lot of people again will probably predict that that's what will happen, then he, he is going to start to creep into that conversation of what you know, one of the best of the, in the world at the moment. I, I think most people will obviously put him in the top ten pound for pound fighters at the moment on the planet, but he'll definitely be creeping up that ladder. As, as the fights go on for sure especially if he keeps knocking people out the way he's doing it and he's doing it in a great fashion as well so that was a great great event to watch and a great fight to watch and then obviously you get the main event which was Josh Taylor and Baranchik and we had a great conversation about that last week about how that fight would go down and uh, I think the phrase I used was that Josh Taylor seems to be getting better and better with every single fight and Saturday was no different no, I think he's just fund- I think fundamentally he's just you know, he's a more rounded boxer than even Brancic but you know t- to Brancic's credit he- he- he's one of the one of the toughest fighters I've watched in recent times like he does he doesn't really get disheartened and you know that, that Glaswegian crowd is really on his back and it didn't phase him at all he didn't look phased at all in fight week and he went there to do a job he come up short I mean I had Josh Taylor winning I probably I think I probably had it you know maybe the same way as the judges really I thought it was that sort of distance wide I thought he the middle rounds obviously just took it away from him with the two knockdowns but you know Brancic just you know he wasn't phased at all and he just kept coming and coming and I think he'll come again in terms of more fights and maybe even reclaiming a world championship, but for Josh Taylor, he's just getting better and better each each and every fight. He's you know he can box, he can punch. He's got a bit of nastiness. He was you know throwing his elbows into Brancic's face a couple of times and sort of saying to him like you know I'm not going to be bullied by you. So I'm not saying he's, Josh Taylor's got it all because he hasn't. There's a few frailties there that Brancic did sort of expose and um, Postol exposed as well a couple in um, a couple of fights ago, but. You know, he's a very well-rounded fighter and, you know, as we just talked about in Newway on the way up, I think Josh Taylor's the same and what a final that is against uh, Regis Progre. You know what I think about Josh Taylor's performance on Saturday, going back into it and, and detailing a bit more about what happened in that fight, is that it was a, quite a close fight for the first half of the fight and I think Baranchik obviously was, was putting that pressure on and Josh Taylor... One thing I, was, I did want to make a point of when speaking about this fight was that I was surprised by how well Josh Taylor fought on the inside which was something you expected Baranchik to be able to out hustle Taylor on but for me Taylor shown that he is not just a capable boxer that he can also fight really hard on the inside and uh, uh, you know a lot of points of that fight he fought a lot of the fight that Baranchik would have wanted but he yet out hustled Baranchik in that fight until we got to that sixth round where the knockdowns occurred which is where for me the fight completely turned on its head and, and started to go completely in the favour of Josh Taylor yeah I mean I think you know he dropped Baranchik twice in the sixth and then I really didn't give Baranchik anything up until the final two rounds I thought Baranchik actually won the final two rounds but you know, them middle rounds is just so important, especially at world title level. And, you know, you look at most world title fights that go the distance. You know, the, the winner or the champion, you know, they, they take them middle rounds. They're so important. It's so important for momentum and, you know, for getting your second wind. And 
and game plans and stuff like that. It's just it's just a classic trait of a of a solid world champion. And you know, to go and reiterate your point, I do think Josh Taylor has that little bit of spite that you need. He's you no, know, he's not a Golovkin, he doesn't, or a New A or anyone like that in terms of that one punch KO artist. But you know, when he punches, he punches with like real bad intentions, and he gets the respect of his opponents and. I think that's what he got from Baranchik. He he really got Baranchik's respect early, and I, and I think I think Taylor respected Baranchik as well. To be fair, I mean, Taylor had to eat a few a few eat a few clean shots himself. So you know, it was a really good competitive fight, but I think it was the right outcome. And you know, just Taylor's just going to keep going from strength to strength. I think. And then he's obviously now a world champion as well on top of that. So he's got a, a great obviously bout with Bagrai coming up in the final. Which speaking to a lot of people in the industry a lot of people are actually picking Pagrai for that final a lot of people believe Pagrai will actually have enough to beat Josh Taylor even though we're saying Josh Taylor is getting better and better which I, I you know I stand by them comments but Pagrai is a different animal stylistically I think he might be a bit of a nightmare for Taylor yeah I mean it's the, obviously it's the old adjective of being a southpaw and you know 20 KOs in 24 fights he's obviously punching very very hard and you know we've seen against Postal and a couple of times against um, Baranchik, you know, Taylor does have little lapses of concentration, as we're saying, he's not the full, he's not the finished article yet. You know, he does have little lapses of concentration where he'll catch a few clean shots and, you know, again, especially against Regis Progray, you can't be catching them shots because he will put you away. But, you know, I think it's probably one of the best fights this year. It's an amazing fight that I can't wait for and, you know, it'll be even better if they can get in, if they can get it back to Glasgow. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. I think there's a lot of talk of that trying to be pushed over to the USA, which would, in some respects, make sense for Taylor to be on that stage, to be announcing himself on that stage if he was to go and beat Pagrai over there. But then in the same sense, you'd want to get it where the, 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 the home crowd is and the home fighter is. And it was a good event up in Glasgow overall and World Boxing Super Series you know they always put on great events so it would be good to get it in Glasgow but I don't know I've got this feeling they're gonna they're gonna end up pushing for it in the USA yeah I mean you know a lot of the finals have have gone you know I know obviously we've seen Jeddah but you know the money is over there at the moment and I, I can probably see that myself but I think Josh Taylor's chances in hand if he gets that Glaswegian crowd behind him but you know I think he'll get a fair crack of the whip over in America you know it's not the it's not the same sort of dynamic that it used to be in terms of you know the bad decisions although we do see a couple with every now and then but we see them every year but I think he'll get a fair crack of the whip anyway but I think that's just a brilliant brilliant fight and one that I really can't wait for well let's move on then let's go to Deontay Wilder's first round stunning knockout of Dominic Brazil and I tell you what actually that was a really good one round fight it, you know it started out quite tentative and we were talking about how keys to victory would play a big factor in this fight. I didn't expect it to end so early, I'll be totally honest. I thought it would go mid-rounds, but the fact that Brazil did come to fight was was quite, you know, a statement to be made. He came straight out of the blocks, got himself to centre ring, commanded the centre ring, tried to, to sort of feint to get in closer to Deontay Wilder and as I was saying on the preview episode if he gives Deontay Wilder that range he's going to get caught and, and and that's what happened but there was a moment in the fight where Brazil's backed into the corner but then he catches Wilder with his overhand right and then Wilder stumbles back and we've seen that happen to Wilder before against Ortiz and that it became really exciting really quickly and then you start to think to yourself what happens to Wilder when he gets caught he's probably at his most dangerous because that's when he starts throwing from yeah. all sorts of angles and that's what happened 
that is exactly what happened, and it was a brilliant first round KO. And I was, I was, I was shocked to be honest with you when I watched it. I was just like, wow, I wasn't expecting it to go down this way this quickly. I mean, I I wrote a little article for for you know our little our site uh, Italy Boxing Repeat, and you know in that I put that I could see a, you know another sensational KO, and that's not that's not like writing anything unknown with Deontay Wilder. You know he's got forty KOs now, but it's just. The style in which he knocks people out is just, it's concussive, like it's not, there's a lot of the fights, the fight should have been waved off before Dominic Brazil hit the floor, but it was insane, but you know, the way he's knocking, the way he knocks people out is just, it's hard not to be impressed, you know, you, we, we were slating him last week about the things he was saying and the sort of character he's trying to build, but you know, when he gets in the ring and does that and takes Brazil out in like such dominant fashion, you know, it, it's hard not to, it's hard not to be impressed and hard not to get caught up in the hype so to speak and you know it just makes that Joshua fight even bigger I hope we do see it but you know Deontay Wilder's done his job now it's over to Anthony Joshua to do his but as you said it was a, it was a great one round fight but you know when uh, uh, unfortunately when Deontay Wilder decides to detonate that right hand you know 99 people out of 100 are going straight to sleep you know the way Dominic Brazil did There's, again reignition talks of Wilder versus Joshua this year I, I I don't want to go too much and too deep into that because I think the amount of time that has been spent covering the saga between the two is uh, is ridiculous so just touching on that that little bit of a saga Wilder's saying he wants that fight Joshua's saying he wants that fight they've both been saying they want that fight for quite a while now and, and it's not happened but it, it surely surely it has, it has to happen because I mean who else who else really are they going to put him in with? They can't sit there and put him in with, you know, someone who's lowly ranked. He's the WBC champion, for God's sake. You know, he needs to be fighting the, the, the big names of the division. He needs to fight Anthony Joshua. That would probably be one of the biggest heavyweight fights, you know, in the past 20 years. So it need, it needs to happen. It's just frustrating that we, we can't see anywhere past it happening at all. So I, I, calling him out was great, but make it happen. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to see no more call-outs. Don't want to see Eddie Earn and no more IFL interviews saying, you know, this is what we've done and then Wilder replying and Shelley Finkel replying and, you know, it's just, it's, we just don't want to see that. Just shut up and just give us an announcement. That's all we need. But as you say, we don't need to give it any more airtime. We've already dedicated about 50 episodes to, <laughs> to this um, subject since about October. So, yeah, I mean, let's see what Joshua does in, in next week. But, you know, as for, as for Deontay Wilder, he just, you know, he keeps going and, you know, hope Dominic Brazil's okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's just another highlight reel on the whole for Deontay Wilder. Also on that particular card then uh, was Gary Russell Jr. beating Kiko Martinez. So again, just establish the fact that he needs a big fight. Uh, Kiko Martinez is a shell of his former self. Uh, I've got to, I've got to say that he was once a force in the division, and now he's uh, a bit of a shell of his former self. And Gary Russell Jr. just dispatched of him quite easily. And just quickly on another little point before we start talking about the Gary Russell Jr. fight, did you realise that on that same card there was three Gary Russells fighting? Yeah, I think they're all from the same family. You know, I heard that. They're all, I think they're all from the same family. Don't so, quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure they are. <laughs> so we've got well, Gary, God knows, <laughs> we've got Gary, Gary Antonio, Gary Antoine, and Gary Allen. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. That, that's we get one Gary Russell in boxing all this time, and all of a sudden we get three of them <laughs> on the same card on the same night. Fucking <laughs> nuts, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely nuts. But you know, on the subject of Gary Russell, I was just looking today, and 
The last time he fought more than once in a in a in a calendar year was 2014. He had three fights in 2014. Uh, one of them was Lomachenko, so yeah, <laughs> probably did get disheartened a little bit. But you know, then he fought once in 2015, once in 2016, once in 2017, and once in 2018. Just you know, he's WBC champion. He's fighting once a year. Just. Not good enough, really, for someone of his talent. You know, the five rounds against Kiko Martinez showed you, you know, just how good he is. He's a brilliant talent, great boxer, got a bit of power. He's, you know, he's a great, great part of that of that division. But you know, we've got to be fighting more than once a year as as WBC champion. No, I, I can't disagree with you on that. He should be representing the WBC a little bit better and fighting at least at least twice a year. Come on, once a year as as the WBC champion is pretty pathetic, to be honest with you. And I mean, what would you prefer? Let, let's ask the question would you prefer him to fight say twice a year against say top 10 ranked opponents or would you rather see him fight once a year but against a real high caliber quality opponent well i guess if once a year but he was fighting leo santa cruz or josh warrington or oscar valdez or someone like that then yeah but if you look through you know we fought he fought joseph diaz in 2018 you know okay fairly Credible, but then Oscar Escondon, Patrick Highland, Johnny Gonzalez. You know, his, his only fight in 2015 was Johnny Gonzalez, who was 57 and 8. You know, just not good enough. But, you know, if he was fighting, I wouldn't, I actually wouldn't be against it if he was having, like, say, a unification fight once a year, but he's not doing that. So, you know, his next fight's got it. He was, he was calling for Santa Cruz. It's got to be Santa Cruz. It's got to be Warrington. So we ask about this, you know, it's got to be a big fight like that. It can't be another tickle job. And as you say, all the respect in the world, Kiko Martin is, you know, what a career. But, you know, he's not he's not the fighter he once was. He's European level now at best. And, you know, that's just not an acceptable. If that's going to be his only fight this year, it's just it's just not acceptable. Not for a belt that is a... Uh, as coveted as the WBC. No, it's not. It's, it's really not. And we want to see him fight the big guys like the Leo Santa Cruz's, Oscar Valdez's, the Josh Warrington. You know, that's what we actually want to see. But it's... Let's see if we get it. I mean, I'm holding out hope that this has got to happen for him. The Leo Santa Cruz fight looks the most likeliest at the moment. So I'd like to see him and Leo Santa Cruz go at it because I think that'll be a pretty, pretty good fight, to be honest with you. And we'll get to see how good... Gary Russell Jr. really is when he goes in against a high-caliber opponent like Leo Santa Cruz. and So it'll be interesting to see, and, and, and like you said about Kiko Martin, is just touching back on him as well. Yeah, I think, to be honest with you, I think at this point, although he's, he's probably still got something to offer, I don't think I want to I wanna see him in with that sort of level of opponent anymore because he's starting to look a bit, you know, the level just seems to have really dropped. You know, you've got to remember, him. this was the same Kiko Martinez that a couple of years ago was was an absolute fantastic champion and now he's just a, a, a faded version of himself. And it's sad when they sort of still get that high calibre of, of, of a fight, but yet they look so bad in it. And, and I felt he looked really bad in it. This fight with Gary Russell. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a pretty one-sided, one-sided beatdown, wasn't it? From from the word go, but yeah, it, it, it's really tough because you know you've only got to take a look at his box record and some of the names on there, like you know Frampton twice, and you know a couple of other fighters who are very, very credible, and he's got you know the likes of Scott Quigg and Leo Santa Cruz and Josh, even Josh Wellington. He's fought you know large majority of the champions and always give a good count for himself but you know time gets everyone really and you know he's just he's just unfortunately on the slide at the moment and you know he's he's still going to get big fights though because he's he's in a division that's not you know overly deep but you know and he's a big name so 
you know, if he's, if he's getting fights at, say, European level or, you know, he's coming in as a gatekeeper, then yeah, but, you know, I'm not challenging for the WBC World Championship. Nope, I agree. Well, let's go to your favourite card of the weekend. I know this was the card <clears> he was really looking forward to chatting about this weekend, which was the one at Stevenage Football Club, the Frank Warren promoted Billy Joe Saunders World Title Challenge up at Super Middleweight in what, well, I can only describe it as a bit of a stink fest, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was It was poor. I mean, I was so disappointed with um, with. Billy Joe Saunders, sorry, Redford then, but yeah, I was so disappointed with Billy Joe Saunders. He just sort of, I felt like, you know, he started as Billy Joe Saunders does, and it was it was building boxing, and, you know, he, he was doing the old looking out to the crowd thing when, you know, his opponent missed a shot, and that didn't quite have the effect it had the first time he did against, against Lemieux, but, you know, then I was just sitting there watching, I'm just thinking, like, come on, give us a stoppage or, you know, show us, put a bit of a statement out or, you know, really give us a real conclusive stoppage and everyone say, oh, you know, he's, he might be a real threat to Callum Smith or he could be a real force or super middleweight or even put him in the picture for the Canelo fight. But, you know, in the end, he, he, he got rocked, actually. Sufi actually rocked him and he fell back into the ropes. But, and then from that point, he just sort of cruised and put us all to sleep and, you know, I'm the first to appreciate Billy Joe Saunders' talent. I think he's an amazing boxer. I think, you know, if you want to teach a kid how to box, then you can't really go far wrong. But, you know, we just, at this level and at this point in his career, you just need a bit more. It just needs, you know, it's sort of getting, it's getting a bit stale now for me. I, I felt, felt like he didn't even get out of first gear in this fight at all. It just felt like he was unmotivated for the fight, knowing he was going in there against... Germany's sixth best super middleweight fighter that they've got and going in there for the vacant WBO title it just felt like he didn't even get out of first gear it just felt like he was cruising lazily all the way through the fight and yeah I know that's obviously him making it very very easy for himself to win the fight but you you want to see some desire to kind of win and you want to see this this I know he I, I know he's got heart I don't think he's not got the heart but it just kind of felt like you know I'm, I'm, it's just a half ass job and he's won it very comfortably and that makes you think well if that's Billy Joe Saunders you know at his worst picking up a WBO super middleweight title where he's not even getting out of first gear what could he actually do when he's really motivated for a fight when he's really under the pressure when he's he is stuck in there with someone like Canelo or Golovkin would, would he rise to the occasion do you believe he'd actually rise to, to the occasion to fight one of these guys well I think he's shown in the past that you know his best performance has come when he's in there with someone who he believes can can beat him in terms of you know when he won his world title against Andy Lee he, he, he was on it that night and then Obviously, the David Lemieux fight is probably his best performance to date. But, you know, in order to get these fights and in order to be in these mega fights where you're going to get the best out of Billy Joe Saunders, you know, you need to you need to be giving statements and, you know, really, like, showing people that you're still, you're still relevant and you're still, you know, the, the force you once was. And I, that's not me for a minute suggesting that he's faded or he's on the way down because he's not. He's at the peak of his powers. He's, you know, he's got everything going in his favour, but... As you say, he's just not closing the show. He's not, you know, he's not in the in the age of social media. He's not doing the things that go viral, apart from the bleacher thing where he looked out against Lemieux. Yeah, it was great. He tried it again this weekend. It wasn't the same, but you know, just just looking at simple things. I don't. He has another KO victory or a stoppage victory since 2015. You know, what does that say? He's not. He's not. He obviously. He's never been down as this big puncher, but that's what people want to see at the end of the day. And you know, you've just got to. You just gotta hope that he does get a big fight from me. He's the best Billy Joe Saunders, but you know I'm just getting a bit. I'm getting a bit bored of it, if I'm totally honest. 
I agree that I am getting bored of the fact that I, he's, he's miles better than this. And that's the frustrating part about it. I, we know he's miles better than this. And the fact that he's not showing it enough in, in what was a meaningful fight, even though people didn't like the opponent and, and he wasn't the opponent everybody would have liked to have seen him in against. He was challenging for a WBO super middleweight title. At the end of the day, when you're fighting for a world title, you put your heart and soul into it. And regardless of whether you think you're a level above the opponent or not, you go on there to put on a show to wow the fans do you know that was just uh, an example of somebody who clearly when he's you know he's unmotivated looks really really bad and really poor and, and I suppose what most people look like when they're unmotivated and we know he's a lot better than that and I think that's the frustrating part of it for, for me personally watching uh, I can't really comment on, on whether I think he would go and beat one of the big guys of the division because I don't feel like we've seen him at his best and a lot of people are slating Billy Joe Saunders at the moment even though he won that fight and won that title they're slating him because the fact that you see the comments and everybody says well he hasn't fought anybody yet he hasn't fought anybody yet and that's all you hear and that's all you see on social media and you're saying about he's not done anything that goes viral you're right the only thing he's done that has gone viral is the stuff outside of the ring which is causing the controversy and which is why half the people don't like him because of the stuff he's done out of the ring so yeah. he needs to do something in the ring definitely and no i couldn't agree more and i think you know in this day and age you've got to be you've got to be transcending yourself onto social media and you know in a, in, a, in a positive light, not in you know in a negative light when he's sort of hanging out of car windows in the middle of Sheffield. But you know, yeah, it's just you know he, he does need a boost. He needs something. I don't know if it's you can't even say change a trainer or change a season because he's only just gone back to Ben Davis and who who I like. But you know, it's just it's going a bit stale. And I think he's calling. He's obviously calling out Callum Smith now, and I just don't think that's the wisest move in the world. Because despite the fact that I'm a big Callum Smith fan, but that's probably someone who's not a massive middleweight fighting someone who's quite easily quite easily could be a fully fledged light heavyweight so you know it's it's just not a fight that I think he would win I think he'd get stopped and stopped quite quite emphatically but you know that, that all that said there is still big fights out there for Billy Joe but you know we just need to see them now and we can't have we can't have another opponent or another performance like the one on Saturday going into the rest of that card then Brad Foster beat Ashley Lane it's now British super banner yeah that was really impressed by him yeah so he's won, he's got them two titles and I know you were saying this actually on Saturday that you were really impressed with his performance. What was it about yeah. what was it about Brad that really impressed you? Was it the fact that he's just such such a fluent fighter? Yeah, he's a he's a brilliant boxer. I mean he takes his shots like pretty much perfectly and you know he obviously got the stoppage it might have been a bit harsh on Ashley Lane because he was one tough man but you know he's only 21 now and he's Commonwealth British and Commonwealth champion you know that's no mean feat no matter what division you're in so you know fair play to him there but yeah just his just his all round boxing he's just a, a beautiful boxer to watch he's you know he packs a bit of a punch he's he picks his shots perfectly he's you know he's so calm even when he's under pressure and you know there was a couple of times in the fight where he sort of had Ashley Lane going and, uh, and he was buzzed, but, you know, he's got this experienced head on his shoulders also, it seems, where he's just not, he doesn't, like, rush in and try and end, end the show right there. He's just sort of picks his moments and he picked his moment perfectly at the end and he had Ashley Lane down in the 12th quite heavy and then closed the show and, you know, I think he stole the show for me and I'm really looking forward to seeing a bit more of it, Brad Foster. Joe Joyce. Houston have. <laughs> what, what did you make of uh, that that fight, which looked like it had been reduced in speed? I thought my TV was broken. I, was, I literally walked over to my TV, like bent over in front of it, like this can't be this slow. Like <laughs> something's going on with my connection or something there. But 
you know, he just, I just, you know, I've watched Joe Joyce now in all of his fights and I sort of, as we've said before, I quite like his manager. I think his manager is, you know, he, he can be annoying, but he's a little bit funny with it. And, you know, Joe Joyce, for all intents and purposes, seems a nice fella, but, you know, I just, I just don't, I just don't see how this whole situation is going to work. I mean, I said to you, didn't I, on, on over a message when, on the weekend, if, if that was Dubois in there on the weekend, I think Joe Joyce was in a lot of trouble. And um, that's that's only Daniel Dubois, I say only, but he's not the finished article by any stretch of the imagination. And I think even now he'd he'd take Joe Joyce out for me, but you know it's just <laughs> he just didn't have to. You've got to have a dance partner in boxing, as we've seen over the years, and Joe Joyce and. Alexander Ustinov just need to never be anywhere near each other again. It was just a name, weren't it? It was just a name to put on the record of Joe Joyce to to hype him up even more going into a fight with the the, the winner of De Bruyne Gorman. And, and that's kind of where I see them trying to potentially push for whether they end up going for another route like the European route or whether they end up going more, uh, you know, world route. I don't know. It just depends on what opportunities get presented to them and what, obviously, Sam Jones, Joyce's manager, can, can to muscle up for him, really. You know, that that's what it'll boil down to. But, yeah, I agree. The fact that if you put him in with somebody that can punch and can also move pretty quickly, a lot quicker than what Joe Joyce seemingly looks like he throws his punches at, which is really slow-looking. I mean, I wouldn't want to be hit by one of them, don't get me wrong, but they just look like you could telegraph them a mile off, and it's just like, when he comes up against somebody, I'm worried, you know, when he comes up against somebody with a bit of speed and athleticism, I am genuinely worried that he's going to get clipped really hard. I mean... Usyk, perfect example in the World Series of Boxing when Usyk clobbered him. Oh, remember, yeah. Remember that? Put him away. Yeah, he put him away quite quickly and I think, you know, it's not even a conversation saying Joe Joyce against Alexander Usyk because, you know, it'd be, it'd be over before before it started sort of thing. But I think Alexander Houston have looked to me like he trained for two rounds and obviously he, he blew a gasket quite quickly in the third. But he, um, he, he was, you know, someone of Alexander Ustinov's speed which is really not fast <laughs> he was even reading where Joe Joyce was coming from and I was reading comments online saying oh, I'm impressed by Joe Joyce's head movement and you can see what Adam Booth has been doing with him and mate, I, I'm one of the biggest Adam Booth fans in, in the world but I couldn't see anything different we just see a big laboured a big laboured lump who can obviously whack a bit but you know, that's come to be expected a heavyweight but I think um, yeah I think there'd be a couple of heavyweights Probably haven't called them out yet, but they'd be a couple of heavyweights thinking, yeah, they, they probably fancy the Joe Joyce fight now because even though he's only eight or nine fights in now, he's he's a, he's still a good name to have on someone's CV and. I think he's there for the taking, if I'm totally honest. One of the more interesting things that happened on that particular card was 6-0 Harley Ben losing his unbeaten record to uh, a fighter of the name of Lee Hallett, who had never won a fight in 16 contests. So he was not on 16, and yet he beat Harley Ben over the weekend. Uh, uh, Harley Ben, obviously, the namesake says it all. He's uh, one of the members of the Ben family, but yet he lost his unbeaten record against a guy that had never won a fight? Yeah, I mean, you know, for the sake of boxing, I'm glad Lee Halleck got the decision because I didn't see the fight, but, you know, what I've been told, he, he did win the fight and he had Harley Ben here, but, yeah, I feel for Harley Ben, he's obviously under a bit of pressure in terms of carrying the name and stuff, and he, he shouldn't be, but, you know, in, in every walk of life, that's the way of the world, and, um, yeah, he's still young enough, he's still fresh enough to bounce back, but, you know, it depends whether Frank and and, and people like that now stick with him because, you know, his rhetoric or, 
what he's sold on is the fact that he's um, unbeaten and you know he's Nigel Ben's son so you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens there but I think there was um, you know Boy Jones Jr he, he dropped a decision as well to um, Sean Cooper which yeah. I've heard was was a bit of a don't want to say robbery but apparently Boy Jones was, was the winner of that fight but didn't get it and you know, he's been quite vocal this week in in the in the days since, sorry, trying to get the rematch. So I haven't actually seen that fight either because I don't think it was shown, was it? I think it'll be on the internet before long, but it wasn't shown, you know, on the broadcast. So yeah, it's been a bit of a mixed fortune sort of card and then there was just obviously your, your prospects up and coming there. Harvey Horn getting another another victory is an exciting prospect. Willie Hutchinson and, you know, people just sort of ticking over on the undercard. But yeah, as we said at the top, I didn't really think it was... Uh, was a great was a great building in total honesty. In comparison to obviously World Boxing Super Series double header and the fact that you had were Wilder and Brazil on the same night where they all turned out to be, you know, fantastic fights in their own way and then you got this card. I think if Billy Joe's fight would have been a good fight to watch, I think you probably could have forgave, you know, the the fact that the undercard were stacked with complete prospect after prospect after prospect versus journeyman i think you probably could have forgave that if you would have got a good fight as the main event so it's i don't know it's just another one of them uh, the situations with with the frank warren show where sometimes they hit and sometimes they miss and this one was a miss and it was disappointing but i'm sure i'm sure there'll be something coming up in the uh, in the pipeline very soon uh, which we'll be enjoying and we'll be looking forward to as well and i can't think of anything else from last weekend boxing wise was there anything that I've obviously with me being away was there anything I missed out on that you picked up on over the weekend no I mean I've never watched so many screens at one time in, <laughs> in, in all my life trying to track you know all the cards but uh, you know I even had a bit of a catch up on somebody's role but yeah I think we've covered all the all the main talking points and we sort of slope into a bit of a quieter weekend this weekend obviously we've got the return of Huey Field Huey Fiori locally and then you've got your um, you know as we as we put out on, on Twitter today and as we spoke about Devin Haney's obviously uh, I don't want to say headlining because it's a bit of a rearranged show but he's you know back and fighting in his in his hometown and you know live on the zone and stuff and he's won that at the end pushing quite quite heavily he's an absolute talent on half and I'm really looking forward to, to actually seeing him get a big fight and this, there's obviously this talk of him fighting Luke Campbell and that's what I'm really excited for is to see him step up to that level fighting someone who, who's proven like Luke Campbell and, and, and how far he will be able to go if he beat a guy like Luke Campbell and you know we've seen what Luke Campbell can do and, and who he can hold it up against so that would be a very very interesting prospect to you know if he ends up fighting someone like Luke Campbell so yeah really interested to see how that weekend goes and you were touching on Huey Fury obviously he makes his return after his loss to Kubrat Pulev so that's on in Manchester and then you've also got other fights going on Michael Hunter's back in action over the weekend and you've also got Philippe Hergovic that heavyweight that a lot of people have been talking about over the past 12 months and then you've also got the return of uh, Jose Pedraza as well yeah, it's just, you know, as we said before, it's a bit of a quiet weekend, but there's still a little bits and bobs going on, so, yeah, I'm sure I'll, we'll watch it all over the weekend and be interested to see Michael Hunter, as you said, and Pedraza, and um, obviously the, the the build closer to home with Huey Fiori, and, you know, there's, I think there's a central area fight on there, which is, you know, sometimes for all good fights, and, you know, a couple of local a couple of local guys and girls on the card as well, so, yeah, a quieter week, but one we can still hear. Uh, 
one we can still enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's really it for for this episode today. Obviously, we've got other stuff coming out this week. We've had the ones to watch season two started yesterday with Lloyd Germain. We've got episodes coming every week with that. We've got Legendary Nights pretty much every week, and it's just been voted for. We've got Sugar Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran. The first fight of theirs is going to be the next one coming out, uh, and then as always, we've just got stuff coming constantly all the time so for guys that are listening to the episodes i mean you might only listen for this weekly episode or this weekly review but you know you've got all these other great bits of content out there that you can listen to so if you're not just subscribing to us for that subscribe to us for the others because honestly there's some real great content coming there and jordy as always thanks for coming on i really appreciate you taking the time out to sit down and review the weekend's action no problem mate i love doing it and uh, look forward to doing it again next week so that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. As always, go and find us on social media, BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast on Facebook as well, and you can also find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Player FM. You know where to go to find us now. Get on there, subscribe, leave us a review, leave us a rating. It all truly helps. And we'll see you on the next episode. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.